This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Uh, We're welcoming back once again this week, this week, uh, filling in for my co-host Naz, who's been banished to Ottawa, Neil Headley. Neil, of course, is uh, uh, listening to him every every morning here at 7:40 a.m. on the flagship flagship show, The Happy Gang. Good morning, Neil. It's a dangerous thing to say flagship show this early in the morning. Isn't oh, it? I know, but uh, <laughs> we we've got to recognize that you're you're the franchise down here, and oh, we're, yeah. we're happy to have you back, Neil. Welcome back. Thanks, uh, man. It's, uh, it's it's this fun. Uh, you know, I we of course uh, on the Happy Gang we do sports shorts every morning. We do a couple of minutes worth of sports talk at about 6:40 every weekday morning. And we end up getting to the end of it and saying, thinking to ourselves, you know, there's so much we, more we should have talked about. There's so much more we wanted to say. So it's uh, nice of you guys to let me come in and vent every once in a while. Well, you're always welcome here. And uh, this last week, uh, I was on one week suspension down in Florida. The station banished me to Florida. Yeah, he was late for a staff meeting. Yeah, I was late for f- 10 minutes late for a staff meeting. And I, uh, and I asked for a pay raise. So they, they got rid of me for a week. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, uh, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to bring back the 90-degree weather that I left, but uh, it's, it's a brilliant sunny day anyways. Uh, in, uh, while I was gone, Naz was a bad boy, and they banished him to Ottawa, so uh, he's, uh, he got a one-week suspension this week as well. It's and, bad uh, enough we make him watch the Leafs, but to have to travel <laughs> that far to watch the Leafs, that's punishment. So in terms of punishment, I think I got the better, I got the better end of the stick, and Naz got the raw deal. But Naz is kind enough to call in from Ottawa, and uh, Naz was at the Toronto Maple Leaf game last night in Ottawa. Naz, uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm really good. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. How's, uh, how was the game last night? Tell us a you little know, bit. it was a competitive game, Wally. It was a really good game. It was 3-3 to a certain point in the third period. Ottawa went ahead 4-3 and scored in an empty night goal. But you know what? They gave it some effort last night. Which is uh, which was which was good to see. I can't say that I watched most of the game because I couldn't find it on my dial. Oh, for wow! Some, for some reason, I heard about uh, that. what was going on with that? Some reason Rogers decided last night for the first time in oh forty fifty years they it, the Leafs were not hockey night in Canada in the Toronto oh, area. That's uh, that that is a significance. I would think that that's how much they think about the Leafs. And their popularity right now, and their ratings, uh, and my guess is they're trying to feature the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, uh, because you've got the Canadians are going to be in the playoffs, and but just just mind-boggling how bad it's become in Toronto that on a Sunday night, on a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, CBC, Toronto Maple Leafs, 
in the Toronto area playing their hated rivals, the Ottawa Senators, in the Battle of Ontario, and I couldn't find them on Channel 6. Boy, the arena was buzzing, though. It was really buzzing. Ottawa's uh, on a mission. I think they're going to make it. Uh, I think they're going to knock off Boston. So Ottawa certainly looked good. What was the buzz like in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in the center last night? Oh, the buzz was terrific. It was a great atmosphere. And the Ottawa fans, well, there was a lot of Leaf fans there still. I would say a third of the fans at the game were Leaf fans. And they were cheering on the Leafs, but they, did, they, didn't do, uh, they didn't do it. But, you know, they're fielding an AHL team, guys. I mean, their second line was Ponick. Uh, I can't remember, Lupul and somebody else, a guy who's got two goals. And uh, it's all AHL players. Half the guys are AHL players. Well, we're, uh, what, we're in fourth place now in the Connor McDavid uh, Derby. And, uh, you know, Tank Nation, uh, the site that you, uh, you're on all the time, Naz, they, uh, they seem to be happy about what's going on. But uh, the other big, uh, big story in Leafland uh, this week was the, uh, the suspension of Nazem Kadri. And, Neil... Uh, <laughs> the league suspension or the well, the, let's, uh, let's 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 uh, we, we've got uh, we've got uh, Neil in this morning. He's got some fairly strong opinions on uh, on Nazem Kadri. Uh, well, whether, well, oh, this I have to hear, boys. So we had we had the Leaf suspension, which was was that a three gamer? That was a three gamer, three, three gamer, and now we got the league suspension, which yeah. was a four gamer. If I, correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. Look, I'm sure that Nazem Kadri's a nice kid. I'm sure that if uh, I'm sure that he's nice to his parents. I'm sure that uh, he helps uh, you know helps people cross the street if they're in need of help crossing the street and all those kinds of things. I'm sure he gives money to charity. I'm sure he likes puppies. Now, all of that having been said, as a hockey player, I think he's a punk. Um, I, this is a guy who, for the second time, gets suspended by the league for a hit to the head. What's the very first thing he does? He goes to the media and he says, well, obviously I didn't intend to hurt another player. Well, who is that obvious to exactly? And if you didn't – so you just hit the guy in the head for, for giggles? Is that what that was about? And if, and if it wasn't intentional, if you're going to tell me that at that level you're skating around the ice and you have no control over whether or not you're going to hit another guy in the head and hurt him – then you probably shouldn't be wearing an NHL uniform. You need to go down to the minors for a couple of years to learn how to actually play the game beyond holding the stick and skating around. Neil, you know what? I don't disagree with you, uh, and I and I blame you. Can blame the player, and they and the and the players use this argument all the time that it's a fast-paced game. They have to make these minute decisions in milliseconds, and sometimes they make the wrong decisions. I'm a Kadri fan, but you know what? He zeroed in on that player. Okay. And like so, you know, circles. the NHL can make, you know, the players can make that argument all you want. I understand it's a blindingly fast game. It's played at incredible speed, and you have to make these decisions at milliseconds. But uh, you know what? They have to understand, and I know you hate this word, Naz, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to throw it at you because I know it gets you upset. Here we go. And since you're banished Ottawa, I'm going to say it. I know what word the, the NHL has to change their culture. Sorry, Ness. Oh, don't, 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 don't yell back at me. They've got to change their culture on headshots. Four games, you want to get rid of this stuff. And, Naz, now, you know, we, we've talked about this show ad infinitum. And we're going to keep talking about it because we're talking about brain injuries. We're talking about people, human beings that are going to suffer the consequences of these things in their later lives. You want to get serious about this stuff? Forget about these two-game 
suspensions. Forget about these three-game suspensions. Forget about the... Make them 10, yeah. 15, yeah. 20, 25, whatever it takes. I'm a fan of the game. Somebody deliberately hits somebody in the head, causes a brain injury. Because You know what? If there's a word I don't like used, I'm going to change, change the vernacular, which is, you want to call them concussions? I call them brain injuries. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And if you change the vernacular on this stuff, maybe you'll change the culture and maybe you'll change the way people look at it. There are untold amount of there are untold amount of brain injuries unnecessarily being caused in hockey and professional sports. And when sports get serious about it, uh, you'll start suspending these guys for 15, 20, 25 games until they get the message. That 24-year-old young man, San Francisco 49er, I believe, uh, one year, I think his name is Borland, retired this week, said, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't want to be 55 years old, and I don't want to have dementia. I don't want to have CTE. I don't want to have everything, anything, any of that stuff. I've got a life, and you know what? I applaud that. I applaud that gentleman. Uh, it was a very courageous decision. And uh, a very mature decision who made a decision about his life and said, my future does not lie within professional football, having a one third to 50 percent chance of having to live the last 20, 25 years of my life or even earlier with the consequences of brain injuries. Anyways, Naz, I'll give you the final I'll give you the final word before we go to break. Here's I'm going to throw a question out to you guys. I threw it out at Leafs Nation yesterday. What is. Brendan Shanahan's grade as president of the Toronto Maple Leafs in his first year. What is his grade? What has he done right and what has he done wrong? And we'll leave, uh, well, you know what? We're going to leave our listeners with that question. You're going to leave myself and Neil with that question. And uh, we're coming back right after break with Leo Routens. And I hope we get in the last few minutes of the show, we'll debate that question. Anyways, okay, uh, you're listening. Good luck, boys. Thank you, and uh, <laughs> don't let us go, Naz. Uh, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We'll be right back after the break with Leo Routens. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I got my fill. Ponzo combo, Ponzo combo. You get two Ponzerati with two toppings each, plus two big Pepsis. The deal is a peach. Ponzo combo, Ponzo combo. Just thirteen ninety nine. That's low. For show, let's, whoa. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Visit pizzaville.ca or call 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. 
Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. On the line now, uh, Toronto Raptors basketball analyst, former coach of uh, Basketball Canada, local high school legend at St. Mike's, and uh, uh, graduate of that great program at Syracuse University, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. Good morning. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing fantastic. How are you? Uh, a little tired, but good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll get. We'll get. We'll. Uh, we won't keep you long. We'll get right into it. Uh, Toronto oh, Raptors. Kidding? I was looking forward to getting on with you guys. Got my coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> great. And you got. You got in. Uh, in the house with me today is Neil Headley, uh, a host of the Happy Gang on the show. So he's. Uh, he's a big basketball fan. I want to talk about the Raptors, and uh, things aren't going that great right now. Not a. Not a great performance Friday night against the Bulls and. Uh, Last last month's been pretty tough uh, for the Raptors. Leo, are are we ready for the playoffs, or or what's going on with the Raptors these days? No, you know, right now, definitely not ready for the playoffs. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is somehow, some way, they have to get back to that edge that they played with last season. And you know, the crazy thing is, it's it's uh, it's not uncommon to have what's happening happen to a team. Uh, unfortunately, it's happening to this team. Um, you know, last year, one of the most amazing things I've seen in a long time covering the NBA was when the Raptors made their trade with Sacramento uh, when they moved Rudy Gay. The chemistry on the team was instantaneous. I mean, once they got the new guys in, it was it was incredible. It's like they had been playing together for years. And they played with an edge. They played hungry. They played as if, you know, everybody, you know, stole their lunch money and they want to get it back. Um, this season was a little different. They came in with uh, a lot of confidence. Uh, they had a great schedule to start, and as a result, they, they did they, they, they did what they had to do, uh, and they just rolled through the first two, three months and you know held first place, second place in the East. And it just seemed to me got comfortable. Uh, and that edge that they had uh, that I think you know really endeared them to all the fans, not only in Canada and especially in Toronto, 
Um, and, and they have to find a way to get it back. Um, you know, talking to the folks in Chicago who beat the Raptors the other night, uh, they said, you know, the same thing kind of that, that last year they had so many, just the way they played last year, there was just uh, just an edge. They they played with so much heart every single game. And, and it's kind of up and down this year. They don't see the same thing. So the Raptors are kind of battling that as well. And somehow, some way, uh, coming to the playoffs, they have to find that because it's not a question of talent. It's not a question of ability to score. Um, it's not a question of ability to defend. It's how bad do you want it and are you willing to do it? And that's what it's going to come down to in the, over the remaining month of the season. Hey, uh, Leo, it's Neil. Um, weird thing, though, and I mean, you're a guy who, you know, first triple-double in Big East history. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pat Leo on the back a little. <laughs> um, as a player, you would know this probably better than the casual fan, certainly. I mean, you look at these guys and you say they got to get it back. But if you're, if you're the coach at this point and you're looking at, this, at these guys who were world beaters, it looked like, at the beginning of the year – so what do you say? What do you say to them differently? I mean, it's not like you can stand there and practice and say, okay, guys, here's how we're going to want it more. So what tangibly can you do with these guys to try and get them back on track? Well, this this is why you get paid the big money, and uh, you, you go into that coaching bag and you try to pull out speech number 1,862. I mean, it, it's uh, it's not easy. It really isn't because, uh, like you said, it, it, you, know, you mentioned the, the words world beaters. Well, that's the problem. Uh, what what appeared for the first two months is not reality. Uh, you know, the schedule was great, and they took advantage of that schedule, and they did exactly what they had to do, and people around them weren't doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, and then the fans, everybody's like, heck, you know, ESPN's coming out with surveys that the Raptors have a 75% chance of going to the NBA Finals, and fans are going crazy. I'm like, seriously, come on. That this team was not built to go to the NBA Finals. This team was not built to finish first in the East. Not yet. Uh, but everything got out of whack. And I think with those expectations uh, comes additional pressure. Uh, you know, it affects teams in a lot of different ways. And uh, so, for, if you're Dwayne Casey, what you're really doing is looking for combinations. Um, you know, getting everybody back healthy. I mean, just not ha- not even having Kyle Lowry available to play against Chicago when he's been in and out and trying to get his game back, uh, that has a dramatic effect because he's so important to this team. Um, but but honestly, this can change literally overnight. And that that's the great thing about sports, that you could be looking and searching for your identity. You could be searching for your confidence. You could be doing all that and not understand where it went or how you lost it. And in a game or two games, all of a sudden feel like you're at the top of the world and you're right back to where you came from. So, um, you know, Dwayne Casey's just got to keep holding the fort. You know, he's a very diligent, methodical worker. Uh, keep doing what he's doing because it's not him. <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of fans, uh, which really, you know, again, kind of irks me. You get a lot of fans that, you know, they call for his head and they want him to be coach of the year and then they call for his head again. Um, he's the same guy. So it, it's not him. It's, it's, this one falls on the players, and they just have to, uh, you know, hopefully he presses the right buttons and, and, and you know, things just click and it comes back. Uh, Leo, you've, uh, your background uh, ties into a couple of huge basketball stories uh, this week. Obviously, you were uh, 
had a, a great career with the Orange in, in Syracuse, and there have been some things that have happened down there. And, of course, you were Canada's basketball coach, and that ties into to Steve Nash as well. But I want to talk to you first about Syracuse. Um, the program obviously um, was under investigation, or actually we're in a, they, uh, the Syracuse self-reported some infractions, and they paid the price, and Jim Beheim paid the price. Uh, you're an alumni of, uh, of Syracuse. You've, you've been involved uh, uh, with Syracuse uh, and follow it. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, on, uh, on, on the Syracuse issues, both from the Beheim perspective and from the program perspective? Well, I'm going to try to give you my Reader's Digest because okay. otherwise uh, we're going to be on here for a couple hours. Okay, give us, give, us your, give us your executive summary. Um, first of all, I think what the NCAA has become is intolerable. Um, there's a, there, it, it's a leaderless, um, mixed-up organization, in my opinion, that pre- preaches – uh, education preaches the value of teaching the kids to do things the right way and all of that that sounds wonderful but it's an it's an organization that's all about money and the money doesn't always have dealt with or handled or uh, you know uh, allocated where it should be if you look at what happened to Syracuse th- th- there this um, uh, penalties and uh, evaluation and and Everything has come after an eight-year investigation, and that—that's insane. Uh, and it all seems to fall on Jim Beheim, the coach, which makes zero sense. Because I'd like to know at what point in time a coach who was who was hired to coach basketball, not because he's maybe uh, uh, a Mother Teresa and able to help the world, or uh, you know. Uh, a genius that's going to find a cure for cancer, or not. He's, he's a basketball coach. And I think a lot of people look at these coaches and they have such high profiles that the expectation is that they go far above and beyond when they're really not qualified to do that. And I'm not talking about Jim Beheim, I'm talking about all coaches. We put them in a place that they don't belong. Um, so Jim Beheim is supposed to watch what every kid does, every single class, every single person they encounter, everything they do for their entire time at Syracuse, and you can't do that. And it's, 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 uh, it makes absolutely zero sense to the expectation for the NCAA is that you could. You also have NCAA compliance on campus. What exactly do they do? You have academic advisors that are paid. This is how they make a living. What exactly do they do? You have an athletic director that oversees everybody in the athletic department including the athletes that the coach is supposed to be overseeing. What does he do? So somehow this all falls on Jim Beheim and he has his wins taken away, and he has uh, scholarships taken away, and he's reprimanded publicly after an eight-year investigation. Now, what did they get? And, I, and I, please don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to diminish any, anything they've done. But a grade change? Well, I, I tell you what, uh, you, you had a great change, and let's see, a few guys got some money from a YMCA, and this is football and basketball, not just basketball, uh, got, got paid by some booster for some alumni, and, and the money is minimal, trust me. Um, here's the thing, and there's probably seven figures by the NCAA spent over this eight-year investigation to get that. You give me, conservatively, give me $100,000, Give me two private investigators. Give me one month, and I will go on the top ten programs 
in the country in the NCAA, and I will get you more than that on every program. Neil, what I, I mean, I, I read into the, uh, the whole thing. What I found offensive, and, you, you know, you, Jim Beheim was your coach when you were at your Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, and what I found offensive about is that they, na- they didn't actually, uh, you know, Jim Beheim has, you know, uh, has been coaching for the longest period of time. And they never actually found that he did personally anything wrong here. It's just that everything. No, he didn't. He didn't do anything wrong. But he is supposed to. But he is supposed to oversee and be accountable for everything that happens. So, for example, if um, uh, you know their best player happens to walk into a restaurant in Toronto, say he's coming to Toronto to watch a Raptor game. And some Syracuse booster happens to live in Toronto, picks up his dinner. Do you know that Jim Beheim's responsible for that? Yeah, that's that's now. Not... Explain explain to me how that is even. Yeah. It, it, the rules are so idiotic. Do you know that if I'm walking through a blizzard and I can't see t- five feet in front of me, and Jim Beheim stops and picks me up because he knows who I am and I'm a player of his. Do you know that if he doesn't stop and pick up every single other person along the way? That that's an NCAA violation. Yeah, I, I, you now, know, when we, you're we, driving and you see somebody, do you yeah. pick up everybody or do you pick up somebody you know? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, no, and I, and I don't disagree with you, Leo. I've been a big critic of the NCAA for a long time. I, you know, I just you got a bunch of fat cats at the top that are making, you know, the, the amount of money. That, you know, the NCAA is basically big business, so decisions that they make at the end of the day are to protect the business. And it seems yeah. like it seems like Jim Beheim just got caught in the crossfire. Somebody, other people doing investigations to fulfill other agendas. But uh, and it's and it, it's sort of sad the way the way this transpired for a gentleman who's at the uh, tail end of his career um, it, to have to have to deal and be suspended for things that he wasn't personally responsible for. Anyways, Leo, uh, we could talk I, about that. I personally, I personally think it was a witch hunt. Yeah, that's what it was. And. And, and think about just one one quick point that if you go into it for an event, if the NCAA comes in eight years ago, why did they come in? They came in for something, right? That's why they came in. Yep. There were leaks over eight years. The only people that leak it are the NCAA. Why are they leaking an investigation? Yep. And because they, they know they can damage a program. But if you come in eight years ago and you, you came in for a reason and you found something, wouldn't you announce that then and there? Wouldn't you put in sanctions and stipulations at that point? What are you doing hanging around waiting to see what else you can find for eight years before you actually do something? Uh, Name me one investigation at any level that you've heard of that goes on for eight years, and the people involved aren't privy to anything, but they can leak all the, all the information they want. Uh, it's, you a, it's, it's insane. You won't get any disagreement from me, uh, Leo. We've got uh, just, unfortunately, a few minutes left, and I know we could talk about this issue, and perhaps we will at some yeah, point. Yeah, I told you not to get me going. I, you know, I, had to, I, had to, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't let it go by, Leo, because I know how passionate you are about, uh, about your days at Syracuse and the Syracuse program. So we certainly we know that uh, you have a, a, an expertise there that we wanted to draw upon. You have another expertise, and, and unfortunately, uh, we want to we uh, uh, divert our attention to that. Uh, yesterday, uh, quite frankly, the greatest player in Canadian basketball history, I don't think there's any question about that, uh, retired. And uh, you've known Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash has been involved with ba- uh, the Canadian basketball program. You're a former coach of that. Um, 
Uh, very, very, uh, very, very quickly, Leo, tell us about uh, the career of Steve Nash and the impact he's had on Canadian basketball. You know, he, he's changed the game, quite frankly. I mean, you look at people when they reference Steve Nash, they talk about the way he played, how he played, the things he did, and they use that as references in today's game. Uh, you know, to make become back-to-back MVP in your 30s, uh, to have one scholarship offer, and that's Santa Clara, and to become the player you are. It's a testament to who he is, and I've always said one of the greatest things to me is that Steve is an average Joe. If you saw him on the street, you wouldn't even recognize him if you didn't know who he was. And he took a ball in his hands and walked everywhere he went to become the player he is. And, you know, that means what he has accomplished, anybody that's willing to work hard can do. And Steve has done that as an example. And the way he's handled himself, the dignity in the class and everything he's carried himself with, every Canadian should be proud because he's made, he's made, uh, he's really changed the game in our country. And he's also told every young man out there, if you work hard, anything is possible, and this is how you live and represent yourself. So um, I, I'm, I'm extremely proud to, to know him, and I'm saddened the fact that his career ended not on his terms. Uh, he should have been able to walk out playing the game he loves uh, and, and not have it end the way it ended. But uh, what he's given us, uh, you can't even put into words. You could, uh, you could argue uh, very easily that Steve Nash is the greatest athlete that this country has ever produced. You could make that argument. And I find it a shame that uh, I don't know how the fans in Canada, and he's meant so much to Basketball Canada, uh, how are we going to honor him? There's, there's not going to be any ceremony Somebody's got to think of an appropriate place and an appropriate time, whether it's Air Canada Centre at a Raptors game or somewhere else where the fans in Canada can pay homage to this, uh, to this incredible athlete. And uh, hopefully some people in basketball in Canada will give the fans an opportunity somewhere, someplace, to, uh, to pay homage to Steve Nash because he, he certainly deserves it. So if you're ever talking to I anybody... agree, I agree. But you know what? Hey, it should, if Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan retired, it was 24-hour news on every sports thing everywhere. Did we have that here? Well, it was... Uh, fr- I'll, t- I'll we, tell you, Leo. You've know, you got to recognize yeah. what he's done. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, uh, he was front page of the Toronto Sun this morning. So uh, somebody took notice of Steve Nash's retirement. And... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully everybody else in this country will as well. Leo, uh, welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We loved having you. Uh, we had so many other things. Uh, uh, just really quickly, before we let you go, is Kentucky going to win? I, I, I don't see them not, but it's the NCAA tournament, and you know as well as I do anything can happen. But if I was going to bet, I bet they would. Anyways, thanks. We've covered a lot of territory in a short time, and we appreciate it, Leo. You're always welcome on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. You've got so much to offer us on so many basketball uh, topics. Thanks again, and, and have a fantastic day. All right, guys. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thanks. That was Leo Routens, uh, uh, of course, talking about uh, all kinds of different things, basketball. Uh, Neil, before we go to break, we're going to go to break in, in a minute or so. We've got some interesting people on the line right after the break. Tell us a little bit about who we're going to be talking about, uh, what we're going to be talking about, and who we're going to be talking to when we come back after the break. I think as we get into Major League Baseball season for 2015, Toronto, probably more so than any other city on the planet, uh, looks at our baseball team, and we look at the general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, and we all run around saying, I could do a better job than that guy. 
Well, there's a few people uh, joining us in a few minutes who will put that to the test for you. You get the chance to be the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays or any other team in Major League or Minor League or International League Baseball. It's kind of cool. Sounds really cool. So we'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. In studio with me this morning, of course, is the 
is the host of The Happy Gang, Neil Headley. We're certainly uh, happy to have you back again, Neil. But we've got some, something really interesting we're going to be talking about next. It's something called Out of the Park. It's a baseball simulation program. And if you like managing, you're a sports junkie. I understand we're supposed to stay away from this product because we may become addicted. <laughs> it's very it, it addictive. It may be harmful to our to our working lives and our financial health. So, Neil, I know that you're a big fan of out-of-the-park baseball. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a game because it's not yeah, a no. game. It's a simulation of some kind. And tell us a little bit about who we're going to be talking uh, uh, to about it this morning. Yeah, calling it a, ga- a game or calling it a, a baseball simulator is kind of like calling a Ferrari, you know, it's just a car. A car. <laughs> um, it, it, it is, Kurt Schilling, a legendary pitcher, says uh, it is the most, the only baseball simulator program that he's ever gotten addicted to. One of the owners of the Boston Red Sox calls it an astonishing achievement. Um, m- much to my wife's chagrin, I am uh, 100% addict uh, to this game. It is the most detailed thing. If you are a baseball person, on any level, but you find it a bit of a waste of time to play one of those games where you're the batter and you're pretending to swing, this one's right up your alley. It's called Out of the Park. The guys that wrote the program, Marcus Heinsohn and a Toronto guy named Matt Arnold, both uh, on the line with us from Germany this morning. Hi, guys. Hello. And uh, out in California, I think it is, Brad Cook is uh, is uh, on with us this morning. Brad, good morning to you as well. Hey, Good morning. So, okay, is Toronto the only city on the planet where we all sit around going, I know what I would do. I would t- trade uh, Melky Cabrera for a box of bats. I mean, are we the only ones that are that obsessed about our baseball, or are you finding this all over the planet? Um, I think I'm going to let Matt answer that first because he's a Toronto native. So there you go. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone around the world always wants to second-guess your, your general manager. You know, everyone loves to play the armchair quarterback the next day. So we've got good people around the world for that. I just got to ask you guys, Neil and uh, and and Marcus and gentlemen on the line. I'm uh, I'm not I'm I'm a big baseball fan, a former fantasy league baseball guy. I had to give up my fantasy league baseball career because it was impacting on my normal day to day life. (laughs) Because I had to get back to work. But uh, tell us a little bit, uh, for the fans like me the, the, who are not familiar with your product, tell me, uh, tell me exactly what your product looks like, uh, what it does, and why it's so special. Uh, first, I'd like to say that uh, we internally here refer, or prefer to refer to it uh, as a game, indeed, because, I mean, simulation always sounds so geeky, you know. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing is that, that everybody who's interested in baseball should get enjoyment out of this. Either you want to dive into it really hardcore and examining all the stats that we have. Like, we have thousands of stats per player and tons of things that you can essentially base your, your decisions on. But if you're, if you're just a casual player who just wants to dive in and just manage your game a little bit, just setting a few lineups and then let the computer simulate the whole thing. You can do that as well. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a thing uh, that, you know, it can do almost everything you want and you can imagine related to baseball, but uh, 
on the other hand, it, it can be only a really, really casual, just fun little game. It's just, just, just the way you want to play it. You can play it. Yeah. Neil, uh, Neil, you and I were playing around with the game just before the show. Yeah. Uh, I'll call it a game now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was fascinated by the level of detail. You can play this as a, as a general manager. Yep. So you can be Alex Anthopoulos. Yes. Or you can be the manager. You yep. can be John Gibbons, and or you can be both. Yeah. So you, you you can you can do it through the course of a season. You're making player trades. You're choosing your manager. I actually the first thing I did when I went on the game is I fired John Gibbons. Yes, I saw. <laughs> okay. That, that, it was uh, it like fired up in the opening screen. Yeah. Came the first, on the first screen Gibbons I said, "How gone. do I?" The first question I asked was, "How do I fire the manager?" <laughs> uh, and you and you taught me how to do that, and and it, and it sourced replacement managers and I you know and it and all of a sudden you know 60 guys showed up from all around the world that that were potential replacement managers for John Gibbons right. and had all their qualities and then and you went in and said well what if I want to what if I want to trade Jose Reyes and then you you popped it on the screen all of a sudden all these offers came in from all these other teams from yeah. the Orioles were offering this player and the Tigers were offering it, it was really 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 incredible well and the level of detail I got to hand it to you guys on this thing is amazing because one of the things that really blows people away about it and this is good for the stat heads um, so you can be the manager for the team and call individual plays if you want to do an intentional walk here you can do that if you want to have your runner steal first you can do that you want to set the lineup you can do that if you just want to be the GM and be the one in charge of you know making trades and things like that, that's fine too. But you can do it for every team in baseball. If you want to be the manager of the Blue, Bridgeport Bluefish from the Independent League, you can do that, and you've got in there, you guys, and this amazes me how you were even able to put this together, the lineups and the rosters and the accurate statistics for every player basically in organized baseball. It's, it's unbelievable how much work this must have taken. Yeah, definitely. We have a very, very dedicated research team. You know, uh, I have no idea how they do it. I, I suppose they don't ever sleep, and they're such big fans of the game themselves. So what they do is they, they scan the Internet for all sorts of information, player bios, scouting reports, statistics, obviously. And, uh, and they put it all together in this huge database that we have online. And uh, really, they're working... Uh, all day round, and, and they they are so passionate about this. And uh, to be honest, I, I really have no clue uh, how how many hours of work essentially are invested in this. And it's it's just amazing how it's come along uh, over the past years. And I mean, we I think we have every player uh, essentially rated that that plays professional baseball in, in the world essentially. And we even have like the draft class, the upcoming draft class for, for this year, for next year, and, and for 2017 as well. So there are like, don't know, 15, 14 year old kids already in our database. It's, it's, it's totally weird. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and well, uh, lots of detail. No, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. And what I found, what I found really, really appealing being the, uh, the zoomer that I am and, uh, being a, a little bit, uh, I don't like to use the word advanced in age. Can I say that on Zoomer you can, Radio? You can say that. <laughs> okay, whatever. Whatever we are. We're, we're, we're past 40. Let's put it that way. Uh, is I, you, I could pick up almost any major league team in history and play them. I can, yeah. take, I can take the 1964 Yankees, which is uh, one of my personal favorites, although they didn't win the World Series. But that was, that was the last time I really <clears throat> remember Mickey Mantle being in his prime. 
and and I can I can play and I can make a decision as the manager whether I'm gonna I'm gonna pop Mickey Mantle up there and I'm gonna pop him from the left side. I'm gonna pop him from the right side. I can throw Whitey Ford out there. Uh, all all the greats of the past, all yeah. these incredible baseball legends. I can actually manage them and make decisions on them. And the realism when you're managing these guys is absolutely phenomenal. Well, and it gets into the emotions of the players. And and I got a note. I'm I'm already I've played through the 2015 season as the Blue Jays already, and I'm halfway into How 2016. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they lost the wild card to the Boston Red Sox uh, in 2015, but they were this close. But I got a note halfway through 2016 from Russell Martin telling me that the team chemistry is suffering just a little bit. So I need to I need to find a leader in the club. And and so all these scenarios that pop up all the time. Now, Matt, you're a Toronto guy, and I assume on some level, whether it's casual or not, a Toronto Blue Jays fan. So my curiosity is, when you load up your game out of the park uh, 16, what is the very first thing you do when you're the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays? Do you have a must-do thing that's the first thing you on, on your list? Well, for me, uh, every every year it varies. But, yeah, I, gen- I, mean, I just start up, I load the game, I look at my lineups and figure out who I want to keep and who I want to dump. So... This year, I look at the team, and you know, obviously, losing Stroman is tough. So, I'd probably first thing is try to find another starting pitcher. I'm a, a little worried about that back end of the rotation, so that's what I start out with, and basically just go from there. Has Has anybody, uh, Neil, or any of you guys, has anybody played out the full 2015 season yet? And uh, and and uh, if somebody has, who's who's the World Series champion? Uh, actually. It's we run simulations essentially every day, okay. and uh, then, then we look at that and uh, use that for fine tuning of some some league settings or player ratings or whatever. And uh, since the injury bug somewhat hit the Blue Jays, uh, they weren't doing that well in our simulations. Uh, sorry to say that. <laughs> <But it's, laughs> reality, you know, reality is reality. Yeah, it is. I mean, the the, the American League East is pretty much up for grab and uh, sometimes it's it's the Orioles, sometimes it's the Red Sox and sometimes it's the Rays and sometimes it's the Blue Jays too but that's that's uh, a little bit rare and uh, the Yan- the Yankees aren't that good either and uh, yeah it's it's you know uh, it always varies it's I mean uh, if you if you run a thousand seasons in the game you'd probably have a good picture of what you'd could expect, but I mean, let's let's be honest. If there are like two or three key injuries, can knock an entire team's season uh, totally out, and uh, who knows what's going to happen? And all these weird injuries can happen in the game as well. So, yeah. But like I said, the, the Blue Jays um, don't do that well in our simulations, unfortunately. Well, it's funny. I mean, and we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to just uh, bring you guys on so it could be a massive commercial for the game. But I mean, the thing that sort of really attracted us to having you guys on this morning, because the game comes out in wide release tomorrow. It was released on Friday for people who had pre-purchased, but it it, it officially goes on sale tomorrow morning. And the cost? Uh, guys, it's around 40 bucks, right? Yeah, it's thirty nine ninety nine. There you go. Um, so, the, but the thing that really attracted to me was this to me, me to the game was the level of fandom that must go into something like this because it is such a uh, such a huge undertaking, and and so we just kind of really wanted to salute 
all of the work that's gone into this and how much you guys obviously on a very fundamental level understand the game of baseball and how it works. Uh, and it's just it's absolutely brilliant. So we just kind of wanted to take our hats off to you. But the other thing before we let you go, and I know that uh, Naz is going to be all over this uh, in Ottawa this morning, and I know that Wally's going to go crazy. <laughs> Tell me about the hockey version. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the hockey version is uh, currently in development for version two. We are aiming it around like a. I'm not entirely sure yet because we want to make sure it's really a polished product and it's probably going to come out someday in May. And uh, we're going to provide a free roster update with that once the uh, NHL season starts uh, later in the year. And it's it's shaping up quite quite nicely. You know, the, the first version was obviously a first version. And we've, we've learned a lot of lessons from that. And But we have a very, very passionate development team behind that. They are huge NHL fans for, for their entire lives, <laughs> I think. Right. And uh, the goal ultimately is um, to to someday maybe reach the level that Out of the Park has. But it's, it's going to be a, a long road. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Out of the Park is in version 16 now. And I've been working on it for almost like 18 years now. So, but it's it's a fun game, and we're we're adding lots of news to it, lots of uh, player ratings, and we have the, the the research team for that game is even bigger than the one we have for Out of the Park, and it's it's more players, more playable leagues, and you, you not only can play the NHL, but you can also play like German hockey league or Finnish, Swedish, France hockey league, or whatever you want to do, and uh, these leagues all interact with one another. Um, in, in, in a realistic manner, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Definitely. Anyways, gentlemen, uh, we, we want to thank you so much for coming on uh, coming on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour to talk about your great uh, game out of the Thanks. park baseball. Uh, with respect to your hockey version, with uh, with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek, I'd ask you to delay development of that for about three <laughs> or four years. I, I, I am retiring, uh, planning retirement. Uh, I still have to work for a living. So I would very much appreciate if you didn't bring out that hockey product until I'm firmly retired, because uh, I, I'm sure once I once I once I start with that product, I won't be able to get away from it. Anyways, I, I played a little bit with your baseball game this morning. It's a fantastic product uh, for all you uh, listeners out there uh, that like managing baseball or like to be the manager. I highly recommend it. Out of the park baseball. Once again, thanks so much for joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Uh, that was certainly interesting. Like I said, I hope uh, that, that that hockey product comes out, and I'm certainly going to play. I'm going to going to get on that baseball product. Everybody fashions themselves a manager. Well, that's the, and that's the thing that attracted me to it is I, I spend so much time like you do sitting in a chair like this one talking about what I would do. And, you know, we don't know. We all operate inside a vacuum. We don't have the kind of level of expertise that a, a, an actual general manager. We all know what we would do if we were in Dave Nonis's chair. You know, we think we know, but we really don't. We don't know what the what the repercussions of trades we would make or any of that kind of stuff are. So it's a it's a fun yet obsessive way to get into. It's like fantasy baseball on steroids. Uh, so it'll be fun to see when the hockey version comes out too. But uh, the, just the amount of work that goes into something like that, amazing. just incredible. Anyway, we've got a few minutes left on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. If anybody wants to make a quick call, we've got a, we've got time for a call or two. Call us at four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. One eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Once again, four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. One eight six six seven four zero 
4740. Uh, we were talking about, I know, we got Naz. Naz, uh, Naz is oh, back Naz on is the back. line from Ottawa. He didn't want to let us go. We've suspended him for, for a little bit, but we got him back. Naz, are you back? I'm back, and Leo, uh, he could have talked for hours. Uh, we're, we're yeah. certainly, we're wow. cer- we are certainly going to call Leo back on that. Uh, we want to talk to him about Raptors, but he was pretty hot about the NCAA. And, yeah, uh, no question. We, we, we've talked about uh, uh, NCAA a few times, and uh, certainly uh, we're going to get him back. Yeah, we do have a call from Earl, Earl from Oakville. Hang on, Naz, uh, Earl from Oakville. What's on your mind this morning? Well, I used to play basketball in junior high school. We went undefeated. We used to use a zone defense. And we used to use picks when we played offense to get the guys open to get a good shot at the net. And we went undefeated. So I don't know how the Raptors are playing. I haven't been watching them this year, but um, I think they're going to do well. Well, we'll uh, certainly uh, appreciate your call, Earl. Uh, Raptors, I think the difference here, Neil, is basketball in March is a lot different than basketball in November. Yeah, well, and it's like Leo said, the challenge for this team is finding a way to identify what it is that's missing in some kind of a tangible way and get it back. It's one thing to say, you know, you got to want it more, but what steps do I take to actually want it more? Perfect. I, I don't know what yeah, those in, are. Yeah. In fairness to the Raptors, guys, they have had, they're in a weak, weak division. They made the playoffs in November already, so they yeah. have really nothing to play for other than improve their game. I think they can bring it back. Because I think the playoff uh, uh, differential is like 12 games. Uh, the Raptors are 12 or 13 games ahead of the next playoff spot. Yeah. So Anyways, uh, really conference. Uh, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Naz. We've got a call from B in Richmond Hill. B in Richmond Hill. Uh, you want to talk about the Leafs. Who else? would? Everybody wants to talk about the Leafs. Tell us your thoughts. Hey, guys. How are you doing this morning? We're hey, doing good. great. Thank you. Wally, last week. From Florida, I think the uh, sunshine gave you sunstroke. You mentioned that Cadre is a fixture on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I didn't use the word. Hold on. I didn't use the word fixture. I used the word asset. Asset. Yeah, you got the first few letters. I know you're a lawyer, not an accountant. I'm an accountant, (laughs) and you know what an asset. uh, I know what an asset. Anyways, your point. (laughs) My point is this: get rid of that guy. But more importantly, what I mentioned to you last week, uh, I have a theory, and the theory is goes as follows, and it was sort of. Uh, put to the test last night when the Leafs were uh, deducted from CBC. Uh, Babcock, Sportsnet, uh, Bettman. You tie those guys together, and I see Babcock ending up here in Toronto next year for the betterment of the NHL. The NHL cannot afford a poor team in Toronto. Sportsnet, Rogers, cannot afford the uh, results that they're getting this year. And by knocking the Leafs off of CBC is an indication of how poor the ratings are and how much money these guys are likely to lose this year. So, B, uh, that's a very good point. I uh, uh, I just want to I, I want to bring Neil in on this because this yeah. is a point you were making. Uh, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think as Toronto goes, so goes the rest of the league. I think if if Toronto has a great year, then every every team in the league sees the benefit of that. But I my theory goes one step further. I think Babcock. And Shanahan have some sort of, and I don't have any. Well, they were in Detroit this. together for yep. a while. I my sense is that these two guys, and the reason that Shanahan has been kind of on the sidelines largely uh, since he got here, was I think that they both know that Mike Babcock is going to be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs next season, and that Shanahan has been sitting back going. 
there's no point in doing anything until Babcock is here. Then we're going to go get the players that Babcock thinks he can coach. And there's no sense in me getting overly involved in any kind of big roster moves now until Babcock can come in here and get his hands dirty. That's my my sense of it. I got nothing to base that on, though. Naz, uh, you got the you're getting the last word on this show. You got 30 seconds. Uh... Well, I called Babcock last year that he was coming, but. I think I think you guys are absolutely right. I think Babcock is going to be the coach of the Maple Leafs. And uh, there's the conspiracy theory out there that McDavid's going to come here too and that they're going to win the uh, win the uh, lottery. Just figure, uh, Rogers paid $12 billion for the rights to the NHL. Naz, you got 10 seconds, unfortunately, my friend. $12 billion for the rights of the NHL? Yep. And uh, who owns the uh, Leafs? Well, you made, you made your point, and that's certainly going to be our lead-in topic. You let us into next uh, next, next Sunday. Anyways, uh, you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I do want to thank uh, Neil Headley. Thanks so much for coming in again this Sunday, Neil. Thanks, all, guys. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure having you. And uh, Naz, look forward to uh, some uh, some heated discussion against next next Sunday morning. We'll be both back from our suspensions. Anyways, uh, you've been listening to Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Have a fantastic week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.